What's up, everybody? My name is Trevor. And I'm Drew. And this is The Weekly Grill, your favorite comedy podcast that has absolutely nothing to do with food or the culinary arts. Let's get cooking. extended delay since our last podcast summer loving new jobs and whataburger no longer being a texas owned company have thrown our lives into an exciting tailspin that has left us too busy to record episodes in recent weeks however this week we are back with our ninth and second to last episode of season one of the weekly grill with some exciting discussion in store so put in those earbuds or crank up your car radio things are about to get rowdy Up first, Trevor and I have a new segment for y'all that we think will stir the pot and ruffle a few of your feathers. Play the intro. Brother, this guy stinks! Welcome to Overrated, the Weekly Grill's new favorite segment in which we roast something or someone that we love but is recently in store for a little bit of hate. As teased in our intro a minute ago, we will be roasting Texas's favorite burger chain, Whataburger. Or should we say Chicago's favorite burger chain? I feel like roast would be kind of a kind of a misnomer cuz I'm I don't know about you Trevor, but I don't have any really quippy uh quippy quippy uh things to say about this as much as it is like The fact that Whataburger is overrated. But go ahead and tell us why we are talking about it today. Yeah, so um, as of the recording of this, it was a little over a week ago. On June 14th, um, there was news that uh, Whataburger was sold to a Chicago investment firm, which basically set the social media world on fire uh, in the state of Texas. Um, Texas has long since kind of been the home of Whataburger. Uh, their headquarters are in San Antonio, and they're very big there. And I, know, I think it was founded in Corpus Christi. It's always been like a Texas icon. Um, and now it's being owned by some Chicago investment firm, and uh, people are very upset about it. And, I mean, like you, Drew, um, I like Whataburger, um, but I... I'm I'm ready to to give it a little bit of give it a little bit of hate um, because I don't know about you but like as a Texan like I feel like it's almost like an obligation to like Whataburger and speak highly of it you mm-hmm. know it's like one of those unsaid rules where it's like like as Texans like we should have one type of clothing that has the state flag on it oh and my as gosh. Texans we got to know that. The armadillo and the mockingbird and the blue bonnet are Texas's state animal and I, uh, flower and all that stuff. I like, didn't know about the mockingbird thing. You don't. You don't remember the mockingbird? Oh, I like, guess I don't belong here. As Texans, we learn about Texas state history, like in middle school, and remember the Alamo and the Whataburger next to it. Next <laughs> to it. 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. Like it, it's it seems like a criteria. So um, I think naturally Texans are just because of that. You know, it being a cultural icon, we have to support it, and I think we almost over support it. But now that they're being sold to some Chicago firm, they are they are wide they, open. We are yeah, gonna rip them it to is shreds. Free reign, yes. We are gonna rip them apart. Um, yeah. And these these aren't necessarily. I feel like what we've sort of discussed before the show started. These aren't necessarily things beholden to the fact that they were bought by a Chicago company. It's more <laughs> exactly. like were they really all that great to begin with? Sort of thing. Right. Right. Uh, so, uh, I guess I'll I'll. I'll take point number one, if you will. Okay. I here's here's my eating experience at Whataburger. I always get the same thing because it's the only thing I really like there. I same. think th- I personally think their chicken's a little bit too dry. I'm at, not a fan of it either. Um, I've heard a lot of people that love the chicken though, which I never understood. Yeah, but I and I always see them creating some sort of chicken sandwich type meal. And they'll take like fried chicken and put it, slather it in uh, barbecue sauce, and then slap oh, yeah, it between yeah, yeah, two yeah. toasted uh, the Texas bread. toast. Yeah, I don't even with barbecue sauce on it. And I've already explained how I feel about barbecue sauce as a whole on this show. But <laughs> I feel like it's just too dry and too crunchy and just like not yeah. good. And and their burgers, what I get is a Monterey melt and. Mm-hmm. It's super greasy and it's super like, like it's a it's a double cheeseburger with uh, Monterey cheese and or Mon- what's it called? Mon- I think it, it is Monterey, and then well, it's called the Monterey Melt, so it obviously has so Monterey, Monterey cheese. cheese and it's got like peppers on it and yeah, it's got it's got red and, and green peppers on it. It's just a little bit spicy and it's super greasy. And yeah. I feel like that's where Whataburger shines is just their grease factor. Oh, definitely. Except when it comes to their chicken. Their chicken yeah. is, is <laughs> the not. Opposite. Yeah. So whenever I eat there, there's like a little bit of like, ugh, oh, come on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, well, for me, like, I, I couldn't agree more that it definitely is greasy. It, it, the thing that I like about it is, you know, you're getting a good value out of it. Like, you're getting a lot of food. Like, you're not going to like leave your meal after Whataburger and be like, Oh, I still feel hungry. You know, like you're going to feel full, but at the same time you might feel like you're ready to go into a coma because like, man, that, that like grease bomb just like hits you hard. Yeah. And, and like you, like I only really like one item as well. I I'm, I'm an a one thick and hearty guy. I get that a one burger. Um, and I, like that a lot and i've tried other ones too that are popular like i I tried that uh chicken sandwich one and really didn't like it i tried even the um oh what's it called oh the patty melt the patty melt everyone everyone raves about the patty melt and i hated it i'm not gonna lie and i like i like burgers i like texas toast i like onions and but for some reason like i was really not a fan of the patty melt yeah it was just like I think their patties themselves are just extra greasy, and depending on how many you get. When I was when I was a really young kid, not not a super young kid. When I was like twelve, and the idea of like not engorging myself was an option. <laughs> like I tried a triple 
burger that they had. Oh no! And it was like, it was like eating from a water fountain. It was so <laughs> fucking greasy. Oh my god! And I, uh, and and everything I've ever had, I've tried their patty melt as well, and I got the same impression that the that the patties were what was the the cause of the grease. Yeah. But let's enough of like just opinions. Let's think about like what objectively is wrong with Whataburger. I think it, I think it's well, it's not that it's a bad place, right? Yeah, here's here's an interesting perspective on it. And I, I heard uh, I was talking to someone about Whataburger one time that's from out of state, and they tried it. Um, they're actually from California, so of course you know they're going to be uh, they're they're. Their version of Whataburger for us is in and out, of course. So they're in and out fans, and uh, comparing the two is always an interesting uh, comparison. But um, the one thing about Whataburger is, uh, fast food wise, I would say it's most comparable to like, um, oh, what's it called? Hardee's slash Carl's Jr. Being that it's a place where you you don't go to Whataburger and just get a burger you get one of the specials you know you get like that Monterey melt or that a1 or that patty melt or that chicken sandwich thing or you get a honey butter chicken like like you're you're getting basically like as someone that goes to Whataburger you have your item and you navigate the menu and you also look at specials but it's not like a true burger place where you go and there's like four like like in and out where there's like literally four yeah. items on the menu and you know what you're going to get and even and basically it's like a single a double maybe a triple burger but it's all going to taste the same there's consistency to it and this person was saying that they don't like that waterburgers that way because you know if they're from out of state and they're coming in and they're checking out waterburger and they go and order a burger it's not going to be as good as if they ordered that A1, you know, or that Monterey Melt. But how do they know that the A1 or the Monterey Melt they're going to like? Or maybe they'll like the patty melt. Or maybe they will like the chicken. You know, like, I think the problem with it is is there's so much variation. And they don't have that single identity. Um, yeah. That was just, yeah, that was an out-of-state perspective on it, which I found interesting and has yeah. some truth to it. I think... It's kind of it's kind of a drawback because like you could argue that oh, like oh they have variation and you'll you'll always find something that you'll like but there's that sense of identity and there's there's not really a way to like try everything on there exactly everybody I think their first ex- their first three experiences with Whataburger they'll find one thing that they prefer out of the three things they tried and then they'll yeah. stay with it stick with that exactly yeah or they'll find something else that maybe serves a different purpose like i know the uh honey butter chicken biscuit apparently yes. is like a little bit smaller than their typical burgers mm-hmm. so it's like you know a good mid-level snack mid-level yeah. meal but yeah. the monterey melt i will only eat if i am like malnourished starving <laughs> because it is so much. Right. It's and so much food. I just... Ugh, gross. Yeah. It, well, and I, I mean, I was saying earlier that it's, you know, it's good value because you're getting a lot of food. But then at the same time, like now that I'm thinking about it, 
Whataburger isn't cheap either. Like, if you're getting, like, the full-on meal, especially if it's, like, a special, like, one of those four that I was saying earlier, like, it's not cheap, you know? Like, how much is it? Like, over seven bucks for the burger, fries, and a drink? If I get a Monterey Melt meal and that's it, no, like, large anything, the whole thing usually comes out to almost nine dollars. Nine? Yeah. Wow. I don't know what I... I might be wrong. It might be, like, closer to eight. But it's definitely more than seven. Right, right. Normally, I, like, in that range of money, I'd prefer to go to Chipotle because, like, a single burrito is uh, fills me up about the same, if not more, than their Monterey Melt meal. Yeah, I agree. And it costs way less. Yeah, it's like, what, six fifty? Yeah. For just a regular burrito without all the guac and stuff. I mean, you don't get fries, but, like... You don't need it. <laughs> you don't need fries because the damn burrito is so good. Yeah, and, yeah. And I like the Monterey melt, but all things being equal, I give it like a six, which mm-hmm. isn't a number that you go bragging about and, and start <laughs> and start making your nas- your your state identity. Whataburger does have some good items, but I think for the most part, they're very average, middle of the line. Um, their French fries, I don't think, are very good. Like, if it wasn't for the spicy ketchup and it was just regular ketchup, like... I think there'd be a problem, you know? Yeah. Their spicy ketchup earns them some points, I think, because they don't charge extra for it, I don't think. No, they and, don't. Um, when, when my final point, at least, um, my sister used to work at Whataburger, and based off of what I saw, it it didn't really have any, like... Everybody says that working at Chick-fil-A is kind of like the, the god tier when it comes to working in the fast fast food food. industry they're super nice you get sundays off consistently and just benefits i think i don't know but my sister really didn't like working at whataburger not just because it was fast food but because it was it was regular fast food again this isn't a whataburger sucks sort of thing as much as it is take it out of s tier and put it back into a tier where it belongs yes i agree i agree Anyway, roll the outro. So now we're going to be transitioning into the main crux of the episode, uh, which, if you read the title, um, has to do with uh, love and falling in love. Um, We actually had a listener... Uh, recently suggest this idea to us um, to try out this uh, thing to see if uh, Drew and I can fall in love over the recording of this podcast. I don't think this listener likes me very much. (laughs) (laughs) So so what this is, is um, it is, uh, you've probably seen it on the internet. Uh, It went viral on the internet uh, a while back, I think in like 2015, uh, but has since kind of resurged. Basically is there was a guy named Arthur Aaron um, that developed um, a series of questions that two strangers are supposed to ask each other. Um, It's 36 questions total uh, divided into three sets of 12. And they're supposed to like privately discuss these questions and like look each other into the eyes while doing so. And basically by the end of it, it guarantees that you will fall in love with this person. Now, are we and doing this privately? No. Can we no. see each other's eyes? 
No. So I'd say we're pretty and are safe. We, and are we going through 36 questions over the air? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so so we probably won't fall in love, but we'll see what happens. What, what Drew and I are going to do is, um, like, as we just said, 36 questions is too long and probably going to be too boring for y'all to sit through. Uh, so what we did is we went through these 36 questions. We picked 10 of our favorites, uh, and these 10 were from all all of the different categories. So we're getting the full spread. Um, and we're going to ask each other these questions over the air. And Maybe we'll fall in love or you guys will fall in love with us. Maybe we'll finally fall in love with you guys because so far you've been insufferable. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We'll see what happens here. We'll see what happens. If anything, it'll be entertainment for y'all. And um, I'm curious to hear how Drew's going to answer some of this. I'm curious stuff. to see how Trevor's going to answer all right, all right. Uh, I think you're going first, right? I'll... Sure, yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to rotate uh, asking each other questions. We're each going to answer them. Uh, that's how the thing is supposed to go. So I'll ask first, and then Drew will answer, and then Drew will ask me the same question. I'll answer, and then Drew will ask the second one, and it'll continue on in that pattern. Um, yeah. So, first of the ten questions is this from the first category of three. Um, the question is, would you like to be famous, and in what way, if so? No. Trevor, <laughs> would you like to be... I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's it? <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I'd say that, like, I think I think a lot of people would like to be famous. I think that a lot of people also would like to not be famous. Mainly yeah. famous people would like to not be famous. But, you know, since I'm on this side of the thin line, it's kind of like, I mean, all things being equal, sure, I would like to be famous. But the tricky thing is, like, for what? You know, you, yeah, you could be exactly. famous for being an embarrassing internet meme, you know? <laughs> A lot of people have to live that life. Yeah. And bad news, Brian. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie bit my finger. That's not even like an embarrassing one. That's just kind of like a, I was, I bet that like he was too young to really even know what the hell was going on. And then <laughs> he, he goes like, on I'm like that cute baby. Now he goes on the Ellen or DeGeneres show and they're like, what were you doing? And he's like, I don't know. I was a baby. <laughs> Brian, everybody thunderous applause. <laughs> like, yeah. I would hate to be that kind of famous. I'd say if I had to be famous for a particular reason, it would be for, like, doing something good. Yeah. Maybe, like, a hero. Maybe, like, maybe the bus driver had a heart attack and I was just like, and then put the bus, like, somewhere safe. I don't know. I'd yeah. say I'd say some, like, some, like, everyman shit, you know? Like, okay. I, I don't want to... I don't want to work to be famous. <laughs> I, I don't want to be like a, a famous musician or a director. Uh, if I'm going to be a director, it's going to be like doing stuff I like to do, not necessarily stuff that gets a lot of a lot of attention and fame. Yeah. Anyway, I, that's my answer. Trevor, how would you like to be famous? So for me, um, first thing first thing to say is I think fame screws a lot of people up and kind of ruins lives. <laughs> so, uh, would I like to be famous? Um, maybe a little bit. Um, cause I think, I think there can be like a healthy amount of fame where 
it benefits you, but at the same time, it doesn't get to your ego too much and doesn't ruin your life too much. Um, so for me, I, I, I liked what you said about like being famous for being like a hero type figure. That would be cool. Uh, but for me, what came to my mind at least was like, um, in my craft, whatever job career I'm doing, um, having enough notoriety to where, you know, people would want to work with me and I'd be able to do cool work on like a higher level. Ah. And people kind of knew who I so, was. So like workplace famous, not necessarily like, yeah. like morning news famous. Yeah. So like, like for me as someone that does video production work and is hopefully going to kind of, we'll see what happens with my career. But at the moment I'm thinking of kind of going down an advertising route. Um, so like maybe being known as like a very good director of TV commercials or whatever. Um, and having, you know, having the quote unquote, like a little bit of fame within that industry to where people would want to work with me and I'd be able to get cool gigs and be appreciated and desired in that way. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, people on the streets aren't going to know who the hell I am, you know, yeah. and stopping and but that's, that's messing with like my family optimal... life and all that. Like, it would just be enough to famous enough to where I can really kind of grow in my work and be stable and be desired, I guess, you know. Yeah. The, the desired amount of famous sounds like an optimal answer because it's like no one's going to stop you on the street and demand an autograph or something like that. And, right. and I thought mine was optimized because mine was based around the idea that it's a news cycle famous sort of thing, not a not a perpetually famous guy, but like a like, oh, that's the guy who did that thing and like not famous enough to really have weight yeah. in my life. It would be like a one evening sort of thing. But you've you picked like the right kind of famous to be. Yeah, I think so. Now I get to ask the next question to you, Trevor. Yeah. I believe. Oh, wait, no. No, yeah, you asked me. Okay, so, Trevor, what would constitute a perfect day for you? So, for me, this answer is going to sound like... So, I live in Austin. Uh, I've lived in Austin for a while now. Um, It's been a little over a year since I graduated UT Austin, so it's going to be a very very UT student-sounding answer, but whatever. (laughs) <laughs> so for me, a perfect day would be sleeping in because I like to sleep in, you know, uh, but not not too late. Like, I don't know, like tennis or whatever. Um, and then from there, getting ready and having grabbing some like brunch, do like some breakfast tacos or something cool at like a diner. Uh, from there, going uh, to do some type of nature activity in Austin. So either like kayaking on the river, watching the bats. Or, uh, that's more of a night activity and I, I mean like something like okay. active like uh-huh. going on a hike in the green belt or kayaking on the river or something outdoorsy uh doing that for you know a few hours uh maybe grabbing like a late lunch then going home taking a nap for a bit and then uh i love ut football i live for it so for me <laughs> yeah. for me it'd be from there, taking a nap and then getting ready and then going to a UT football game, going to a tailgate, then going to the game. Um, for it to be a perfect day, UT would have to win and ideally over like a big time opponent in some type of exciting fashion. So going to like an awesome UT game and then from there, 
celebrating that victory in whatever way I desire, either by going out with friends or doing something a little more intense, maybe on 6th Street or something like that, and then and then crashing that night because that's a pretty full day. So, Drew, what would be uh, your perfect day? <laughs> this will this this oh, show how different we are because oh, I'm guessing yeah, it's the complete really opposite will. of what I just said. I wouldn't say it's the opposite as much as it's like your perfect day but like nerfed. So, uh, I'd say I'm happiest when I'm wall, wallflowering with people I really like. Does that make sense? So, I naturally i'm kind of a antisocial person but there's particular people in my life that i can just sort of be antisocial with and not feel antisocial if that makes sense yeah. so here's the perfect day for me and i actually had a pretty I, I think i pretty much had a perfect day recently i went to san antonio with some friends and we shared an airbnb and I would say the perfect, and I would tweak this day a little bit, but um, I'd like to wake up on a uh, trip with some friends after basically spending the previous day getting to a destination, right? Whether uh-huh. it be like, I, I used to really, really like Las Vegas. I'd been there like three times and it was mainly like a, a really young adult me sort of thing, mm-hmm. but it's still my go-to answer as far as like, oh, if you had to go somewhere for a vacation, where would you go? And mainly it's just because I'm, I'm a very simple guy when it comes to what brings me joy. So like dazzling lights on casinos and, you know, a, a cool desert night is like mm, top notch. And so I'd say it would be like getting an Airbnb and Las Vegas, going there with my friends, uh, and us having a plan for what to do that day. You know, sprinkle some some Las Vegas buffets, some sushi throughout the day. Uh, maybe we go see Cirque du Soleil uh, or Blue Man Group. And even though I've seen them already, you could pretty much interchange those two activities with almost anything in the in the in the almost perfect day that I was mentioning in San Antonio, we ended up going to uh, Six Flags, which isn't necessarily my thing, but the day was so so fun anyway because I got to see everyone else having fun, and I it just everybody was in a good mood, and I don't take a lot of personal pleasure. Like I mentioned, I'm I'm really simple when it comes to what brings me joy, but what brings me the most joy is hanging out with people who are having a really good time and just having a good day, you know? So next question, I guess now it's my turn to ask. Um, If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? The first thing that comes to mind is like, I'd really like to be good at, and this is kind of a dual answer. I would like to be either good at coding because for some reason it's always been kind of difficult for me to wrap my head around and I'm recently like trying to like work past it 
because it's in the career that I'm that de- that I've decided for myself and it's going to be a really slow process. But if I get a a wish, if you will, and time wasn't an issue, I'd like to be able to know like a, I'd like to be able to pick up languages super easily. Yeah. If one well, quality or That'd ability be a ability. Yeah. It's it's a little I know the question is a lot more grounded. It's not very like if you could have an ability, what would it be? Invisibility? Super speed? It's more like <laughs> Right, it's not like superpower. Yeah, it's very, it's it, grounded. Quality or ability, yeah. And this sort of airs on the side of superpower, but I would like to be good at like understanding languages and because a lot of people, I think, are really vexed by the idea of traveling. Uh-huh. They think that traveling will be the end-all be-all in what makes them happy. And I think that it's a good start because if you travel, you learn a lot about yourself and about your surroundings now that you are separated from them. And when you get back and you start seeing your surroundings for what they really are, you know how to really pursue your happiness more effectively. But what gets in the way of that is language barriers. What's keeping me from going to Japan Ohio Gazimas, which roughly translates to I'm too stupid to learn Japanese. <laughs> but, you, but that's my answer is I'd like to be able to pick up languages very quickly so that way I could embed myself in a particular culture, whether it be Japanese or like like Spain or something like that. Yeah. What about that. you, Trevor? So for me... Um, I kind of, I thought about it for a while and then I was like, nah, you know, you should just do what pops into your head first. And for me, um, I've always wanted to, so like, I, I would say that I'm like more, I'm, 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 I'm artistic being that I see the world in kind of an artsy way. And like growing up, I did a lot of drawing and painting and stuff and then that transitioned into photography and now film and stuff I mean from the outside you can't tell that I'm like visibly artsy but I would say that I am but the one area that I'm not artsy is in music I I like music a lot and I listen to it and everything but I've never been like musically talented so having the ability to like naturally be musically talented or be able to sing uh, hear pitches, pick up an instrument, and just kind of play is something that was always, always fascinating to me. Like, it's funny because, like, literally as a kid, like, my parents thought that I was going to become musically talented because I like to draw a lot, and I would draw musical instruments because I was interested in music, mm. but at the same time, I didn't want to play music. It, it's, the, it's the most perplexing thing to me to think back on it, but, like, I would draw pictures of, like, violins and guitars and stuff because they interested me but I wasn't musically capable to actually I mean I could I could have you know I you know I'm like right now I'm like slowly learning guitar and like trying to build on that side of my creative mind um but the natural ability definitely isn't there I I definitely can't sing very well but I'm I'm sure with practice I you know you can learn that side of you it's just a matter of having that natural ability. Yeah. So that I would mean, be mine. All right. So is it my turn to ask now? Next I believe question? so. 
Okay. I. I well, oh wait. No. Um, it's your because, turn. To ask. Yeah, I ask you. Yeah. Okay. So, Trevor. Yes. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? So, um, I read this question before recording and thought about it, and unlike in the last question where I'm just like, pick the first thing that pops into your mind, I was like, no, I shouldn't pick that. Because for me, the first thing that pops into mind is like, well, how do I die? And when do I oh, die? Oh, God. <laughs> Um, but then I was like, no, because like then for the rest of my life, there's going to be like a mental countdown in my head (laughs) that I'm just like, oh, I'm two years away, one year away, (laughs) you know, one week away. Like, I feel like that'd be the ultimate punishment because like, you know, you hear about like prisoners on death row and just how horrible of a, of a, you know, you don't have to know when you die though. You could just know how you die. I, I guess, but even then, like, then I would be, par- like, if, if I died in, like, a car accident, I'd be terrified to drive oh, for the rest of my yeah. life, so. What if you so found nothing out- to do with my death. What I, if you found out that it was lethal injection? Oh, God. Can you imagine, like, what did I do? What am I yeah, going yeah, to do? Exactly. Like- <laughs> <laughs> am I going to be wrongly convicted of something? Um, yeah, so nothing to do with death. Uh, for me, um, oh, this sounds so trivial and corny. But, like, I think big events in my life would be nice. Like, knowing when I would get married, I think, would be beneficial. Because, because like, if it's, like, a long time from now, I can be like, okay, cool. Like, I can chill out. I don't need to stress out about this. I got a whole bunch of time until I'm going to get married. Well, what if you find out that you're not going to get married, Trevor? Or, or exactly <laughs> that. Or then I, then I don't have to worry about it. Uh-huh. Or if it's, like... You got one year, you know, two years. It's like, okay, like now I need to be really aware that I'm probably going to meet the woman that I'm going to marry and that I should not screw this up. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I, I mean, that sounds corny. The whole thing sounds corny, but like knowing big life events, like, you know, when I would get married or I don't know when I would have like a kid or, you know, like b- b- big pivotal stuff. Yeah. So you'd like to know, you'd like to, you'd like a list of like your, when your milestones are going to come and what which yeah. milestones will come so that way you don't have to worry so much about getting well, them I, just, I guess. yeah then i just kind of have like a mental head start and it makes you a little bit more aware or yeah. or makes you be like hey i can like so in this version of in this version of time no matter what the machine whatever no matter what the crystal ball feeds you the information won't change what happens Right. It's very Oracle-like. Yes. Interesting. What about you? Uh, I think you're going to roll your eyes at this one. <laughs> I want to know which stonks are going to fly up. I want to know which stocks are going to... I want I want the money, you know? That's smart. Part of the, the question reads, <laughs> if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you like to know? I want to know... When Amazon's gonna crash and which stock <laughs> I need to buy to short it, you oh know? Because yeah. like, I'm, I've seen enough movies that like, and I feel like yours was a, a, a pretty safe answer, but I feel like I would be kind of beholden to the information it gives me. So like, if it was like, if I asked it, if I was gonna get married, I'd know that like, oh, I. 
you know, I found somebody and like, I feel like it would bring me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it'd probably bring me anxiety too. I'm starting to regret the. Well, no, because <laughs> like, that. if At you ask for a simplified not. list of your milestones, I feel like that's. Let me. I'm going to take a second and imagine if I got that. So yeah. if I, I, I asked for like, oh, am I going to get. Am I going to adopt a, a baby or am I going to. Am I going to get married? You know, am I going to. You know, ah. Like, for example, I didn't, I, I couldn't imagine being an uncle until it happened to me a few months ago. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I did no work, but I still see it as a <laughs> milestone. And yeah. it's um, changed me a little bit, I think. Um, but I wouldn't, I don't see, like, I think it'd be interesting. It'd be, it'd be like a little, it'd be like if you go to Six Flags and you pick up a really graphic map you know it's all like colorful and stuff it's not super functional but it gives you a, an idea of like what the park is like and i would i would take i would say that that milestone list sort of acts in the same way it's not gonna dictate where you should go it's just what there is mm-hmm. and you can actually plan your life around it and get a probably probably more joy out of it by planning around it than just yeah. having a lot of money like like your like your pal Drew did. <laughs> so let's move along. Let's move along. I uh was I did I ask the last question or yeah, oh, I think you asked the next ask one. Now. So the next question that we have here is is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it yet? This is uh a little bit I had to think a little bit about it, this answer. Um I wouldn't necessarily say dreamed because that kind of idealizes this act, but there's something I've thought about doing for a long time. And the reason instead of, instead of me doing a good thing that I haven't done for a bad reason, it's more like, there's this bad thing I've dreamed of doing and there's a good reason I haven't done it. Um, I, uh, when I get, really I, I i'd say i have like very surface level not serious depression every now and then it's very situational it's very based on how i'm feeling a, a particular day i get sad you know everybody gets sad but sometimes i get really sad and usually the first thing that comes to my mind is what if i just cut out everybody i knew from my life and then moved somewhere else. Uh-huh. What if basically start out, put myself in witness protection essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and I've thought about doing that. And usually my target location <laughs> and FBI, if you're listening, you absolutely can use this for your investigation. <laughs> um, I'd probably go to like Oregon or somewhere on the West coast. Uh, I'm not a rich person, but I'd like to be able to see if I can make it in San Francisco and just like be on the ocean yeah and i'm not and I'm, I'm not an ocean person in general most i i don't know if most people know this about me but i know this about me i'm i'm very much a mountain person i like thin air and i like cold air maybe canada maybe alaska if things get really bad but <laughs> uh, but um i haven't done it because 
uh, first and foremost, it's it's a really I think it's a really cruel thing. I don't I don't think I don't think of my friendship and my uh, and my role as a son and brother and uncle now as some precious thing that my family would be devastated by if I if I left. But it's kind of inconsiderate. Yeah. And it's it's not what a good person would do. It's a selfish thing. But that's a thing that I've thought about doing for a long time. And it's not something that I plan on doing. But I'd say it it, it encapsulates dreamed of doing pretty well. Hmm. Well, for... Yes. Oh. What about you? So for me, um, literally... Ever since I was like a little kid, like elementary school, and this was before, you know, social media and like people actually compared things and like posted pictures of themselves in cool places and stuff and um, all that. But I always wanted to travel to other countries. And that was before, like, I feel like nowadays, especially with our generation as like, you know, as the end of millennials or whatever, um traveling is like incredibly mainstream now and everyone mm-hmm. does it and everyone has that desire to go outside of the u.s and uh travel to foreign countries but ever since i was a kid i actually legitimately had um dreams of doing that i remember even uh i think when i turned 10 uh on my birthday list is i was like don't get me any presents um let's just go on some type yeah, of just international trip now granted that's a <laughs> Big just, ass gift, you know, yeah, and that's probably why it didn't happen. Belgium. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's probably why it didn't happen. Um, but I always had that desire. Um, but my family, even though they, like, my family and I would always go on trips, but it was always within the U.S. I don't think my dad has actually been outside of the U.S. I, I mean, I think he's been to like the Virgin Islands, but I don't know if you really count that. Um, my mom, I think only like on one trip has been outside of America. My family just was never that into it. And I guess that would be my little blame (laughs) as the reason why I haven't done it. Now, granted, I've, I haven't lived with my family in a while. I went to college and I very easily could have done like a semester abroad or some type of study abroad program, but I never did because, that's like, different, though. Like, yeah, being able to like take a vacation and go somewhere nice is is entirely different from taking a semester abroad. Well, well, my dream wasn't to take a vacation; it was just to go abroad and experience something yeah. different. And I definitely could have done that in college, but I didn't because I was too worried about you know extracurriculars. Yeah, and also it's putting or... your education at risk. I hate well, to. I, I feel really. like. I don't want to. I could have even done just much. like a May master, you know, just like one month in yeah. the summer to go, because that's pretty yeah. popular at UT. But I didn't do that because I wanted to work or do internships. I always basically, basically, I've had this dream for a long time, and I've always like put other things in front of it. Uh, but I think soon that's going to change. I'm, I'm, I'm looking into seriously going traveling kind of once I save up some money and once I get not that my job situation is like insecure or anything but once I'm in a job that feels very secure um I think then I will look into finally doing an international trip and 
maybe my family will finally do one a little bit down the road because it's not that they aren't interested in going abroad. It's just that they haven't done it yet. Um, so, yeah, that's my dream and reason why I haven't done it yet yeah. is I just didn't prioritize it. Yeah. And I continue to kind of put it off, but that's going to change. <laughs> I'm going to move uh, to our next question yeah. now because we hate to say it, folks, but we're going to have to we're gonna speed this up. A little bit, Um yes. Trevor, what is you the it? Trevor, what is the greatest accomplishment of your life? So just as a preface, I mean we're both still kinda young. So mm-hmm. so we may have not accomplished anything all that great. Um I, I think first thing for me that comes to mind is uh graduating college. Uh Going way to, to a way school, to flaunt like, it, Trevor. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to go to to go to like a school like UT that um, was a dream school of mine, and that was kind of a reach school for me. Uh, it wasn't like you know too easy for me to get in, but I was happy to get in and to graduate. That was a big accomplishment. And then um, I'm also I don't know if I've said this, but I'm also an Eagle Scout, and I know that that is a big accomplishment. Um, yeah. At least it's supposed to be. I don't, I don't quite look at it as big of accomplishment as I did when I was younger, but it still is. So yeah, it's, it's something to look in college. I have the, I was also, I was a wee below. I never made it to boy scouts, but, uh, cause I was just too good. You know, <laughs> I, we below was, was where the bar was highest. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, what was your greatest accomplishment? I'd say what immediately comes to mind was whenever I worked video board for the high school, I took a lot of pride in that. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't say that's my number one source of accomplishment, but it's sort of a two parter. Like that sort of fed into what I did recently. Um, and I haven't talked about this on the show, but a lot of my friends are, are aware. Um, I went to Colorado recently to run IT support for this um, convention. Um, it was a water, what was it called? It was like a American Water Works Association ran this convention. So it was, it was very much a, a business convention. But the company that I was working for was contracted with another company called Zenner. And they sold uh, water meters and water meeting water meter re- utilities. So the point is, I ran this um, really tall, really really large uh, video board for their booth, and it was the first time, other than high school, that I ran a large board um, for media. And there's something humbling about like looking at something that is multiples times bigger than you meant to show media for hundreds if not thousands of people and you being in charge of it it's i i think that like if you go to a baseball game or a football game and you take a look at their video boards it's easy to see it and just sort of put it out of your mind but it's one of those like it's kind of like it's kind of like performing i've never been i've always been stage shy 
like when I knew guitar, a lot of people wanted me to play for them. And a lot of times I'd say, no. <laughs> and I just, cause I just, I get way too anxious at things like that. But that's probably the least anxious I've been performing quote unquote for the most amount of people. So I'd say it's, I wouldn't say it's, it's objectively my greatest accomplishment, but it's definitely my biggest point of pride. Yeah. And well, I feel like cool. it's tough to find that's an objective. Too. I like that. Yeah. The, I'd say on paper, it's probably also graduating college, even if it wasn't associates, but, uh, like, you know, it's something. Okay, Trevor, this next question is for you. Tell your partner what you like about them. I'm the partner. Be very honest this time, saying things that you might not say to someone you've just met. We have not just met, so this should be rather easy for you. <laughs> oh, is that it? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the, okay. that's the question. <laughs> T- puff, hmm. my, puff my ego, please. Yeah, puff your ego. So uh, what's coming to mind, Drew, uh, when I think about our many years of friendship, one thing that is very different, I feel like, about us, and, I, and I'm curious to hear your perspective on this, but um, one thing that's different, I would say, is I care a lot about how other people perceive me, and I'm very, oh, what's the word? Like, I'm very cautious about things that I say and how I act around people. What I what I admire a lot about you and like about you is you are, at least you strike me to be unafraid to be yourself and express how the weird, the weird side of you basically, like, like not saying that you don't have a filter, but you will say a lot of things that I would never say <laughs> to people. And, and you're not, af- you're not afraid to express your opinion and the way that you see things. And basically what I'm saying is I like how you are, at least from my perspective, unafraid to just be your true self. You embrace who you are and you don't really stress too much about, how people are going to react to that you're just blatantly yourself and i like that i appreciate your answer first of all uh my ego has been successfully padded (laughs) um at first i kind of was in disagreement in that i i take a lot of stock in how people perceive me but really yeah but i agree that i act and i feel like I can sort of see how I act this way, but it's only around people I really trust. My yeah, that might be it. Most of my... The thing that I've heard the most from my friends about me and my personality once they've gotten to know me is that they see me as a quiet kid and then they see me as a fucking insane kid. <laughs> exactly. And... Uh, yeah, that's how I see you on the, yeah. on and the fucking th- insane side. Yeah, because, like, the first time you brought it up, I was like, well, I had a job interview today, and I was so tame. I was, like, I was like pouring ranch on whatever food item. It was so tame. And, and I feel like it kind of confuses people be- because of how, how much I nerf myself when I meet them. And 
uh, I know that we're spending a lot of time on my answer, but I think that everybody gets the idea of what I'm trying to say. So I'm going to move on and let you ask me yeah. what you think so, or what I Drew, think. Yeah. Tell me what you like about me and be very honest. Very not honest. surface level. Um, okay. I'm going to be very honest. Wait, oh there's gosh. a, you can be super honest and surface level, right? You could, I guess. I'll, I'll talk about two things. But One's says, a surface level thing. Something that you would not say to someone you've just met. Okay. Well, here's, I got a surface level thing and I've got a, a, a deep cutting, uh, make you make, make mama cry answer. <laughs> um, so here's, here's the first one. I think I really, really enjoy your receiving sense of humor. I think that a lot of my jokes are lost on people. And some of those jokes you can sweep up and catch and you find really funny. And you, I feel like you really appreciate my sense of humor. And I in turn, really appreciate your sense of humor um but the main thing is that there are certain jokes that i don't think i deliver them quite right but <laughs> you, you somehow autocorrect them to yeah. make them so much funnier uh, in your head i think so that's that's the surface level thing i like that the the thing that i'm a little envious about because since you gave me one that you were a little envious about and we talked about this a little bit before but you're very forward thinking and it's a problem that I sort of struggle with. And I'm just now sort of seeing like I've never, I have only just now started developing a plan for my future. Essentially I've been like sort of, I wouldn't say treading water as much as it is like gen swimming in a 180 degree direction of where I want to go and not really having an idea of a destination. So but you, I think, shine when it comes to clearing out a path of what you want to do for the next two to three to four to five years. And you, I, and I don't know how you do it. And I'm a little bit envious, but it's not a, it's not a jealousy sort of envy as much as it is a respect and, uh, proud kind of envy, you know? I like that. Yeah. Thank you, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Chuck. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> That's cool that I like how I like how you see that. Um I I don't hmm. I think I mean on a I spectrum I definitely... you are a lot more that way. You may yeah. not see myself you see yourself as well, the kind of person who's ultra mega plan everything down to a T. But that's how you seem to me. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say that I'm not that way. I, I definitely am. Um, I think it's part personality, also part how I was raised. My my family as a whole is very much that way. So nurture over nature and all that Freudian <laughs> shit. We're not gonna go down that road, but yeah, but, but man, I appreciate that, and I, I like the I like the humor comment too. That's it's yeah. funny because I... yeah, I do feel that way too. That yeah, we definitely auto complete each other's sandwich jokes. Oh, <laughs> next question. <laughs> so our next to last question is going to be this: 
So it says, share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. Drew? Um, okay, this one's kind of recent, and I think you would know. And uh, <laughs> so do you remember our segment um, Fishing for Freshmen? Yes. And we've talked about it on the show before. I was, we were about to, uh, I was running a D&D session, a one shot. And uh, one of our old high school friends came over to a watch. And since I was the one hosting, I didn't really have a problem with it. Um, normally that wouldn't be okay just because new people can get bored kind of easily and maybe derail the session. But um, but I was okay with it since it was a one-shot. Anyway, before we got started, and this is a person we both knew from KCBY, they were like, hey, let's go through Drew's, uh, Drew's videos. And I was like, oh, let's not. And she pulls up the um, – oh, I, I mentioned the Fishing for Freshmen one, but that's not what embarrassed me. Before we went to STN, we did a practice – STN at the school and STN stands for student television network. I know this video. So we made a, our prompt was something creepy. The genre had to be like horror and the, uh, or suspense or something like that. And the prop that we were supposed to use was a pencil. And so we made a horror movie trailer and I was supposed to be a really creepy teacher (laughs) And this person was the person that I was creeping on. And it was like edited to where like I would like fade into the shot like a ghost while everything else in the room was perfectly still. And it was so creepy and so cringy. And everybody was laughing at it. And I was embarrassed. Yeah. And I I think. think Wasn't the title of it called like the creeper? Yeah. And I was the creeper. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> All right, Trevor, your turn. Okay. So for me, an embarrassing moment that comes to mind pretty quick, because uh, I feel like this is almost like an icebreaker question. So I have this ready to go in my head um, whenever people ask it. So when I was in middle school, um, I started attending football games in my high school, high school football games. Um and at the high school we went to, the football games were always a very big event. We had a pretty good-sized stadium, and our town was very passionate about our high school football team. So as a middle schooler, I started checking it out and going with friends, and it was a fun thing to do on Friday nights. Um, and I think it was a couple – it wasn't my first high school game, but it was one of the firsts. And um, I was hanging out with my friends, and I had to go to the bathroom. Um, and it was in the middle of the game, and I was invested in the game because I remember it being a very good game. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go real quick. I'm going to run in, go to the bathroom, run out, and then keep watching the game. So, and I was still kind of new to the stadium. So, like I said, it wasn't my first game, but it was one of my first games. So real quickly, I went went into the back of the stadium where the bathrooms are. And if you remember, Drew, that area isn't very well lit. so so i all i knew is like oh here's a bathroom sign and i run into the bathroom and i remember when i run into the bathroom um there's a bunch of stalls and i'm like oh i see where this is going basically like i have to go to the bathroom and i'm just being quick anyway but i'm like 
like as I'm walking in and walking into a stall, I'm like, this isn't right. <laughs> There's too <laughs> many stalls in this bathroom. And I shut the door and start going. And immediately I start hearing female voices as, as you know, the door Trevor, opens and I start hearing female voices. And then I'm like, Why would there shit. be female voices in because the male bathroom? Because oh. I went into the wrong bathroom. So I was... And, I, you know, you're in middle school, too, so everything's more terrifying anyway. So I'm freaking out in my head. I'm like, holy shit, I walked into the female bathroom. I'm going to be embarrassed. Oh, my God. So I went to the bathroom. I waited in the stall for a little bit until, like, that group of females kind of left. Because I think, I think it was just a group of girls that went into the bathroom to, like, talk about something. And I don't think they even went to the bathroom. They were just... I don't know. Uh, point is, I was just listening and waiting for like no one to no one to be there and basically as soon as the moment came where it was just silence i just bursted out of the stall and (laughs) ran straight for the door (laughs) ran out the door and i don't know if anyone saw me didn't nobody saw you leave the bathroom i mean i'm sure someone saw it but like i played it cool and just kept walking that's not embarrassing you weren't caught well i I, I'm sure it's, it's someone a, saw me. Uh, like uh-huh. I feel like when I sprinted, like there was like a mom at the sink, Uh-oh. and I don't I don't know if she like looked at me. Like I wasn't really looking at her. I was just so focused on getting out of there. Like I'm sure I'm sure like some people saw me, but like the fact that I obviously did not mean to be in there. Like I don't know. It was embarrassing in my head. Like I was I very embarrassed that I went into the yeah. That sounds really embarrassing and terrified. Uh, it could have been worse, but it wasn't all that bad um i got lucky but that is my embarrassing moment cool well now i get to ask you this final question it's the last one this is the last one and i think this we've we've sort of touched on this before trevor if you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone what would you most regret not having told someone why haven't you told them yet? Discuss. If I were to die with no opportunity to communicate to anyone, who would I, what would I most regret not having told someone? Yes. Um, so basically, I mean, we're, we're recording this at night. So I guess if like I died in the middle of the night and didn't wake up, <laughs> Um, what would I regret not saying to someone or to anyone? Basically, what would I regret not saying? Um, hmm. I mean, I guess what's coming to mind is, and and this is a pretty basic answer, but I mean, it's true. Uh, just telling people that I care about and that I love that I love them. I mean, I, I do say it like, like, well, like when I'm talking to like my parents on the phone, like I'll try to, we don't always say it, even though I feel like we probably should say it more, but like, I don't know. That That's probably one regret is just telling like family and close friends that I love them and that I care. And I feel like that's, that would be a nice final thing to have said to you before someone passes is just them knowing that. And, uh, I guess the second part of the question, why haven't you told them yet? I have told the people <laughs> yeah. that I love, that I love them. 
uh, so it's not that I haven't told them. It's just that I don't do it enough. And I don't know. That'd be my regret. I don't, I don't have any like things on my heart. The The one thing that I do think about myself is I, I don't really hold back um, things from people. And that, that, and that's, you know, that's a good thing. And it also can be a bad thing too, because I'm, I'm incredibly honest with people to the point where it sometimes can be, be, be a bad thing. But, but basically I don't, I wouldn't say that I have anything in my heart that I haven't been telling anyone that I've been holding back on. So that's why I would say the, I love you thing. Yeah. Your turn or, or uh, comment on that. Man, it kind of, you kind of took the easy way out. <laughs> now if I say the same thing, it's like, oh, well, I guess this episode sucks now. You can agree with now. me. <laughs> I uh, probably have a more simple, like, uh, probably more, more uh, predictable answer. And I'm very, like I said, I'm a very simple guy when it comes to where I where I pull joy from and uh I do I do like tell my family I love them and I think that part of what makes those moments uh joyful for me is that I don't I don't try to overdo it and I'm not saying that other people do overdo it but personally I even though I, some I think it nine times at nine times out of the 10 times I say it, I'm really just thinking it in my head, but there's a lot of people that I'm not family with that. I feel like I don't get a good opportunity to tell them how much they really mean to me. Um, just because like I wasn't really raised in a super, my parents were great, but, um, one of my, where I spent the majority of my my melding years, if that makes sense, was with a pretty hateful person that I've probably talked about on this show before. But and it sort of I feel like it kind of nerfed my ability to be vocal about my my soft feelings towards people, especially people that I'm not family with. So um I'd say it would be just to tell all my friends how much they really brought joy into my life. Um Including you, Trevor. Including Aww. you. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I think that's my answer: is telling all my friends how much they bring joy into my life and how little I get to tell them about that. Wow. I, I, and I think I, I, I understate it a lot, even when I do get the chance to tell them. But uh, anyway, what did we learn here, Trevor? Uh, I think we love each other. I think I need to either move to Austin or you either maybe we just swap places. Maybe you live in my, at my dad's and I live in uh your house. We can do long distance. We can do long distance. Well we can write love letters to each other and stuff. Yeah. I've got a a wax stamp that I've been ready to break out. <laughs> maybe I'll pour some wax and then Instead of using the stamp, I'll kiss it. <laughs> so it's just a lip imprint. Nice, nice. And then I'll burn my lips on the wax. Anyway. Well, well in all seriousness, I, what we did learn is uh, I don't think we like 
truly fell in love, but I think we did learn some new things about each other and had a good time talking. Yeah. I highly suggest these questions because there's a lot of really, and maybe if they were renamed or if the list was renamed, more people would ask each other about this. (laughs) This would be an interesting. Instead of fall in love, it could just be like cool questions to ask someone. Maybe like I've, Eh, this might come across as cheesy, but I kind of want to try this on a first date or, yeah. or like a second date even just like, yeah. like, well, we know what, what each other smell like now, but <laughs> I still, we still barely talked because we were watching Endgame, And <laughs> so <laughs> this could be, there's a lot of really good questions on here. So again, I'd like to remind everybody that this is the, a study done by Arthur Aaron mm-hmm. and that, that's just Google Arthur Aaron or Aaron as Trevor likes to put it. Well, I think it is Aaron because it's yeah. not A A R O N. It's just A R O N. Or or just all you got to Google is thirty six questions that'll make you fall in love or something like yep. that. And then you just you you copy them all down and then you highlight the questions that'll make you fall in love part of thirty six questions that'll make you fall in love and change it to thirty six questions that are interesting. <laughs> And then go from there. And that'll that's how you trick people into Falling learning in more about you. you and you learning more about them. Or or that, yeah. Yeah. Well would recommend. I think that's about all the time we've got. Yeah. Uh so just wrapping this episode up. Thank you for listening. If you still are listening, this is definitely <laughs> by far our longest episode to date. So thank you for staying with us if you've stayed with us. Um as we've mentioned before, uh, we only have Drew and I are going to be taking. We've been we've been taking breaks <laughs> these past <laughs> couple episodes. We haven't been as consistent, uh, and we apologize for that. Um, but uh, if it makes you feel any better, <laughs> um, we're going to be doing one more final episode to end season one of the Weekly Grill, and then we're going to take an extended break, uh, just to kind of focus on our own things and also reevaluate the show and think about what we can do better and what we can change. And, uh, so now more than any, more than ever, uh, we would like to hear your feedback about the show and about also what kind of changes you would like to see down the road. But we got one more episode left after this, so you can go ahead and look to that. And it might be our craziest episode yet. Yeah. It's a doozy. It very much, we we all I feel like we say that a lot, but I this think this will actually be We're gonna go the all out. If you thought us making silly voices for an hour was interesting, <laughs> what's you, wrong you with you? You haven't seen first anything of all. yet. But yeah. second of all, this one's gonna be off the rocker. And per always, give us a follow on social media and uh, be sure to follow us on our SoundCloud. Either listen to us on there or listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Drew, you got anything else? Nope. Bye, guys. See y'all later. Well, guys, the barbecue's over. If you like this podcast, please consider subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud to be notified of our weekly shows. We look forward to you joining us next time on The Weekly Grill.